Welcome to episode five of The Real Superhero Project. Uh, we are a podcast geared at watching and reviewing every superhero movie. Every episode, we will discuss, review, and rank two movies, um, as well as cover the latest news and releases in the world of comic book and superhero films. Um, that's right around the corner. Reminder, people, if you have suggestions for us, uh, there's a poll up on Twitter right now at the RSH Project, uh, and you can also let us know on the Facebook page um, at PNC Pod. Uh, my name is Brandon Nichols. I'm one of your hosts, and as always with me, as always, is my co-host, um, my friend, my buddy, my in-game enthusiast, Zol Lopez. How are you doing today, sir? You know, I was doing pretty darn well until that Sonic the Hedgehog trailer oh, hit, God. and I don't know what to feel anymore. But uh, still coming off a high off of uh, in-game. In fact, um, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but as a, as a teaser, I, I think I need to go see it again to really get a full scope of exactly how I feel about this movie. Um, yes, I do want to see it one more time in theaters. I'm going to take my son to go see it. Um, he doesn't know that he's upstairs. He can't hear me. Um, I do want to try and do that sometime within the next week or two. So yes, I need to go see it again. I have developed a lot of opinions about the movie since contemplating it and watching it. And it's just, it's um, we'll get to that here in a minute, but um as for house cleaning, like I mentioned, um, we're only a couple episodes away from starting our reviews. Uh, I put a poll up for four. No, I put pull for three movies on the Twitter handle at, uh, at the RSH project. I put up blade X-Men and Batman 89. And I put another up, uh, vote, pick other, let us know, throw us out a suggestion. I also shared the post on our Facebook page at PNC pod. Um, let us know what movies you would like for us to, review first have you gotten any that you you're want to throw into the mix for suggestions yet oh gosh you know i'm kind of i i thought about this because I've, i'm a huge teenage mutant ninja turtles fan i think we should dig back into the 80s and 90s tmnt uh movies i i think it would be fun to go back and redo those yes i'll, I'll i might i might add that to my list i wanted to do the poll on facebook but Facebook is like, nope, you can only do two options. Yeah, I really like, hate that. I'm like, what What the fuck do you mean two options? Like, okay, there's thousands of comic book movies, but I want you guys to tell me, pick between these two only. I was just like, whatever. I'll post it on Twitter and then cross post it and then everybody can see it. And I keep retweeting I blame it the Russians. The probably, probably the Damn Russians. Damn you Russians. This is why we can't have nice creator polls. <laughs> um so yeah let us know about that um it's really the only housekeeping i have um let's go ahead and jump in i don't really have a whole lot of news for us um because we're this, this episode is going to be our in uh, game review um i will say the there's a couple of news things i have they did drop a new sonic the hedgehog trailer which we'll talk about here in a minute <sighs> anyways um and then uh in game final numbers for the weekend uh i got i'm gonna say domestically broke every freaking record 357,115,007 dollars they destroyed uh you add in the um international and it was i believe 1.2 or 1.3 billion dollars um yeah. in four days like every record you can think of it's there you know i was maybe on the fence of thinking it might get close to the avatar record but i really wasn't sure and then after it breaks 1.4 billion in like four days, I'm like, okay. So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when for me. 
I'll talk about that. I'll talk about that a little bit more um, because all the all the records that it's broke so far have been very impressive. But I figured it would because of the buildup, the way that um, Infinity War ended. And then, of course, you know, your casual fans that had a year to catch up and suddenly become the biggest Marvel fans ever. Um, you know, th- that doesn't surprise me. I'll I'll explain why my theory is that it won't come close to the Avatar record uh, whenever we get into it. Okay. Um, and, and as a, I'm going to say a piggyback from Endgame and um, Captain Marvel drop, jumped up from fourth from like it, it'd been dropping for a couple weeks anyways uh shazam came out a couple other big name movies dumbo and all that other came out but captain marvel piggybacked off of the adventures and is back up to number two and made 8.3 million this weekend yeah because they didn't listen to our podcast we told (laughs) you don't have to watch captain marvel to understand what her role is going to be in endgame in fact if anything it should have been Ant-Man and the Wasp as the number one movie on Netflix streamed for that week because that movie played a bigger role into the in-game story than anything that what Captain Marvel could have. But, hey, yeah, okay, let's just ignore yeah. Brendan. As well. They don't know what they're talking about. Like, well, and, 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 I, and I will I will get into that a little bit more when I talk about some of, my, some of the issues I do have with in-game. But, um, yeah, uh, Shazam which because of that it bumping everything down a little shazam dropped from number two to number five but it still brought in 5.5 million so it's still raking in some cash and it's still going to finish i know people are calling it a borderline flop but it's it's not a borderline flop with the budget it had and what it did in the three week in three and a half weekends it had to do it it's a success they've already working on the second one um good job to to zachary levi and those guys for doing that it's pretty cool um the current total worldwide worldwide gross for avengers is sitting at 1.3 billion it's one one billion three hundred and forty two million six hundred eighty nine thousand four hundred and forty six domestically it's at three hundred and ninety three point nine uh internationally it's nine hundred and forty eight point seven jesus christ that's a lot of money <laughs> i'm just <laughs> that's like i can't even comprehend how much actual money that is just trying to think of it um, yeah but and- you gotta think about the expenses and stuff i mean this th- yes it sounds astronomical but the amount of people that worked on this project plus the marketing buys plus the the actor salaries you know probably isn't going to be that much into the piggy bank of the uh of mickey mouse yeah, speaking of Mickey Mouse, hero of Endgame, but we'll talk about that again here in a little bit, anyways. Um, so yeah, there's that's really the only news I had wanted to talk about was the just give you the update on the weekend box office that was Avengers <laughs> and pretty much not a whole lot of anything else. Because I, I said Captain Marvel brought in eight, eight million uh this weekend, but it was number two. So if you think about that, Avengers brought in three hundred and eighty something or 40 340 million whatever it was and then number two was eight yes yeah. quite quite a discrepancy there um but yeah so let's go ahead and just jump in let's talk about this um the sonic the hedgehog trailer that dropped today so, no i'm uh, glad that we are talking about this because growing up like you were either a nintendo guy or you were a sega guy or gal i should say you know you either loved nintendo or you loved uh sega you loved super mario or you loved uh sonic the hedgehog and, and for me 
Like I, I, I guess I was one of those privileged few. Like my uncle introduced me to the Nintendo Entertainment System, and so I knew Super Mario. But when it came down to it, as far as owning my own system, Sega was where it's at. I was Super. I was Sonic One, Sonic Two, Sonic Three, Sonic and Knuckles. All of it. I, I loved. I loved all of it. Um, in fact, it went so far as to my nerdum with Sonic that I collected the comic books. They they had comic books of Sonic the Hedgehog. And that's kind of actually what got me into comics was Sonic the Hedgehog. And then, um, believe it or not, uh, gosh, I still have audio tapes of this. And so I, I really have to give a shout out to my mentor, April Powers of uh uh, it was K. Now I guess it is KYMG. Now it's uh, ninety-eight point nine Magic FM out of Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, it used to be KYAK six ninety AM. It, there was a kid radio station named Radio Oz, and because Anchorage was so far back in the the hours that she actually got to host her own live um, morning show. And so, like, I remember one morning, like, I was that listener. People talk about uh, 96.3 The Buzz or whatever it is up there in KC about how listeners are are so loyal to that station. That was me as a kid to Radio Oz and 690 AM there in Anchorage. And I remember one morning I called her and I said, hey, can I come in and, and tour your studio? And she was like, yeah, come on in. This That's fine. And um, so one afternoon after school, I got to go take a tour of the studio. And that's how I knew I wanted to be in into broadcasting, into radio, hence now with this broadcast so really without her there's no way that i would be doing this podcast with you right now and one of the things that that i pitched to her as an idea was um was talking about sonic the hedgehog comic books doing a recap on them and and god bless her heart because here i am i'm this 10 11 12 year old kid nerdum as hell and she goes, yeah, come on in. We'll, we'll record it and we'll go with it. And she allowed me to record a couple of episodes and allowed me to find my um, my voice. So I will forever, ever, 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 ever be in debt to her because without her, I don't think I, not only do I not find my voice, but I don't find my passion in life. And two, she actually let some little nerdum kid come in and talk about comic books on the radio to other kids. And so that was pretty cool. And so um, Sonic to me will always hold a special place in my heart because that's what I grew up with. That was probably the first, gosh, second, second true nerdum that I remember next to Power Rangers because there was, we lived on base and we have a downstairs basement and I actually drew Sonic the Hedgehog characters as, as a hobby. Now, could I do it today? Probably, but it would look very deformed. Uh, probably about what we saw in the trailer. <laughs> but um, so so Sonic to me, in terms of video game characters, is a very passionate place to me. And what I saw today, I don't know how to feel. I, I don't know how to feel. So I'm really glad that this is kind of going to be my therapy session. <laughs> so I was, in terms of, of the Nintendo v Sega thing, I... Never, I had all, all I ever had to start was an Atari. Um, I had friends that had a Nintendo, I had I knew friends that had a Sega. Um, my uncle actually was the first person to ever let me play a Sega. He came up to visit us one weekend and he brought a Genesis with him, and I was like, What is this? And um, between Sonic and Ace Combat, I don't think I put the damn controller down on that thing 
for probably the entire weekend. I think I was yelled at to go to bed several times, but I was always the first one up the next morning and playing it. He even took me to a local store and bought, um, man, I don't remember what the game was because I didn't really like it that much, but he bought me a game for, he bought me a game for his Sega that he was going to take back to San Diego four hours away that I wasn't even going to get to play. Um, but I played it. <laughs> I play. I played it for like maybe ten minutes, and then I went right back to Sonic and right back to um, uh, Ace Combat. And um, I forever, those have always been two of my favorite games ever. And um, but then when I did get my very first system, that like as the system consoles started progress forward, um, Super Nintendo was my first system. But I had a buddy who had a Sega, and like we talked because a lot of the games were the same on both, and like other than Mario and Sonic. Um, so we would like come over to each other's houses and play them both. But I never really like the only the, the first time that I ever really like wanted to play a Sega more than a Nintendo was when Mortal Kombat came out, and that was because the Nintendo like hindered and censored all the blood and gore they changed sub-zero's fatality they wouldn't let anything else happen They're like we'll put mortal Kombat on the the super nintendo but it can't do everything and so but my buddy got mortal Kombat on the sega genesis so i ended up spending way more time at his house playing mortal Kombat and playing sonic than i did anybody than my own super nintendo for probably several months it was like he was like oh you want to play sonic he's like no i want to play mortal Kombat. show me the blood show me the gore like let me see this i math i had mastered um sub-zero's fatality on on the sega and so on on the super nintendo it was it was censored to he would freeze you in one solid piece and uppercut you and you would explode they didn't have any blood on the super nintendo but then on the um sega which was was this almost a more direct port from the arcades which i had already played anyways but it was getting to play it at home was really cool to me was he would basically would grab you by your neck and rip your head and your spine straight out of your body so nintendo didn't want that because they were more of a family-friendly console but i've always loved playing sonic games so i was like super excited and like the first image that came out for sonic a couple months ago or something i was like uh, I haven't liked all of the I'm, I'm more I prefer more of the squattier Sonic than the taller Sonic that was like yes, later yes, in the yes, video yes. games. Um, they can't seem to to ever really pick one. I know they released a Sonic Generations game recently that kind of had all the versions of Sonic in it, but I was kind of like, okay, let me like actually like they released that the the poster or was he on top of the golden gate bridge kind of yep. sprawled out all kind of all sexy like weird looking with the legs and i was like i don't know what this is i don't know if i like this um but yeah the trailer came out today and i watched it and i i i was like what did i just watch i can't and i think i, I think that's what i messaged you was what was that what did i just watch and then i showed it to my wife and she was like I don't know how to feel about this. I'm like, I don't either. But the kicker was, and this is what this is going to be the ultimate judge as to whether I spend money and go see this in the theater. My youngest, my six-year-old, has fallen in love with Sonic in the last six months. Um, and he is like, I don't remember what it was. I think he watched an old cartoon and, and which made um, him go down a rabbit hole on YouTube and he heard the Sega and my wife and he he said to my wife he's like what is that that Sega thing and Monica told him I was like oh that's like when you first turn on a Sega Genesis that's the or any Sega video game that's the little chime that plays and so I pulled out I found an old Sega Genesis I got it hooked up I turned it on he's played 
several several hours of um uh sonic 2 uh sonic and tails and he's played um and he's plus i bought sonic generations on the switch he's played a crap load of that he's beaten the game i think on the switch um so he has been all about this so when i got home this evening i was like before we ate dinner before we did anything i said logan there's something i gotta show you i was like okay so i pulled this up and played it and like for the first couple seconds he looked super confused like as to why Sonic kind of looked this way, but things started happening. Mr. Robotnik showed up. They started, they showed like the, the sound effects, the rings popped up and the and it ended. And he was like, we're going to see that. Right. And I'm like, okay, there it was. That's what I needed because no matter what my view and opinion is of it, if my kid sees this, because he's really probably the ultimate. I mean, it's, it hits guys like you and me for nostalgia reasons, but really it's going to be geared at kids. And if my six-year-old who likes this character as much as I did when I was his age wants to go see this, eh, then I think they did what they were supposed to. That's that's about my take on it. So, yeah, my, my take on the Sonic the Hedgehog thing is that, God forbid, whoever's dating me whenever that movie comes out, like, we're going to go <laughs> see this because of nostalgia's sake alone. And, and you hit it right on the head right there because of guys like you and me who have kids that are young enough to remember James Mardson in the movie Easter or eggs or Easter bunny or whatever, <laughs> right. whatever it was called. But yet, um, but also we were young enough to remember Sonic as is whenever Sonic was actually cool. So it's like, okay, we're going because it's nostalgia stake. You look back on it and it had the, the Sonic, it had the music even. And then the trifecta was Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik was the circa living in color or in living color, the mask version of Jim Carrey that you and I grew up in and we saw in the nineties so there's a lot of nostalgia there for us to enjoy. And then this younger generation that they don't know any different for them to go to um, that, that they're going to watch. So they're, they're going towards people like you and I that have these kids that, you know, we grew up on it. They're growing up on it. It's a coll collision of two worlds. And yeah. then also there's people who are single that grew up on Sonic, they're going to watch it just because they want to go hate it and say that they hated it. My thing, my takeaway from this is, is that, look, I think we're in a generation where we grew up with a bunch of furries. I mean, look at it. Pokemon. We're getting ready to go see uh, Detective Pikachu, which on my ass is going to throw a lot of money down at it. I've already got reservation yep. tickets there to go see it. We're going to go watch this uh, Sonic the Hedgehog whenever it comes out in November. The pro And I do mean this seriously. Like, we, we grew up on these furries, but yet we don't know what they look like in the CGI world. Because we're thinking of this, like, slick, greased look, all slick Sonic. But yet he's got hair popping out of place and doesn't look well kept, if that makes sense any all at all. The graphics that we grew up on are actually better than what we are seeing now. It's almost too realistic. And that's where I think our minds are struggling with this. Whereas if they were to put like a 16-bit Sonic into the movie, I think we would all collectively throw our wallets at this movie and go watch it. Whereas now they're hyper-realistic. Um, 
we have reservations and tepidations about it. And then we see Detective Pikachu, where I think Detective Pikachu will be the leap that we need to get the, the our childhoods into a more realistic form because Ryan Reynolds is the guy to do that. The the Pokemon whole thing there, the realism, you know, we're going to take this this 8-bit, 16, 32-bit characters, 32-bit, or I guess 64-bit with the N64 Pokemon Stadium, and we're going to throw them into a real world, and now this is what it's going to be like. All your imagination is now going to be real. Hope you can handle it. So for me, that's where I see this, this, this separation coming from because we have these furry characters, but yet they're furry in real world and our minds don't know how to comprehend that. And so I think for this film, that's what we're seeing the struggle in most of all, plus a non-diabetic Dr. Robotnik doesn't help either. (laughs) You know, you say that, but I actually kind of liked the look and attitude that Jim Carrey was bringing to it. And then the post everything, when it showed him without the hair and the huge ass mustache, I was like, I I get, he's not the big dude from the video game, but like, I like it. I like the way it looks. It's going to work. I, you know, I think shut your mind off. It's like, um, it really is. It's like Transformers. Shut your mind off. You're going to see a furry little thing go at unrealistic speeds. And you're going to see a lot of unrealistic stuff. Same thing with Transformers. It's big freaking robots blowing up stuff. What more do you want? Yeah. And then it was funny. You brought up the James Marsden thing. Cause I read a, uh, I saw a meme today that was, it was the top picture was him driving around with a bunny rabbit in the car next to him. And the bottom was him with Sonic next to him. It was shout out to James Marsden for getting CGI animals to their destinations. (laughs) (laughs) I I was like, I totally forgot he was even in that movie, (laughs) but um, yeah, no, I'm, I, my trepidation for it was, was chilled out a little because like I said, watching my, my six-year-old get like super excited for it was, and um, just so you know, I just heard the thunder you had in your background and holy crap, you, you got, I'm in a basement, so you can't really hear it here, but I, I heard it on your end just now. And I was like, Whoa, he's got some. <laughs> um, so let's jump into end game. Um, I want you to give me, if you don't mind, your non-spoiler first impression and opinion of Endgame, sir. Oh, did we lose Zol? I was talking. No, I'm about still the... here. I'm still here. Actually, oh, okay. we got thunder going on here. My my infant was calling me. She was scared. Oh, well, I would imagine it's, it's freak it freaks me out sometimes. Yeah. So real quick, my my initial reaction to um to it all. I liked it and, and I've only seen it once. I haven't seen it like multiple times, unlike infinity war, where I've been able to fall in love with it time and time and time and time and time again. There's so non-spoiler review. All I can say is there's no other way. Like how Dr. Strange said in infinity war, there was no other way. There was no other way for them to do this movie. There was absolutely no other way for them to do this movie. They pulled it off perfectly. They, I think they pulled off the impossible it goes without some uh, on my part, but even infinity war has that. I need to see it another time, but overall I left the movie theaters very, very satisfied. Um, same, uh, me and my wife left and it was like the first words were, do you like it? 
And we both said yes. I mean, it was, and it, and I said it. I've said it to everyone I've asked who's asked me. It's exactly what you just said. There was only one way they could do it, and they did it the way they did it, and like that, they, they nailed that. I don't think they could have ended the franchise. Or the, I'm not going to say franchise. It's not the end of the franchise. Ended a massive story arc any other way than the way they did it, and they did it like I. While I have issues. They they did it. I mean, there was no other way they could have. And it was fun. It was exciting. It was emotional, um, especially as a as a parent. Um, it's uh, and it's it's a great movie. Um, it, you know, I get into this conversation with people when it comes to music. There's music that I can tell you I think is better than other music. But that doesn't necessarily mean I like the better music more than I like a different type of music, because I can hear a song and go, nope, that's a really good song. But I can hear another song and go, I connect more with that song. I like it more, even though I know it might not be as good. It's the same thing with this. This is a really good movie, and I really enjoyed it, and I really liked it. Maybe not as much as another movie or two in the universe, but I really did enjoy it. If you have watched any of the movies to an extent and are anywhere interested in how Infinity, if you haven't seen Infinity War and you want to see a, just a great overall huge story arc done right and finished up in a way that while you may have personal opinions over like, why they would do it, but still, you know, they did it right and they did it good. And you want to be satisfied to that extent. It's a great, you need to see it, especially if you're a fan of comic book movies, just in general, you need to go, you need to see infinity war and you need to see this, um, in game. Um, I highly recommend it to anybody who is even on the fence of seeing it. There's no reason you shouldn't. There really isn't the three hour. The don't, don't let the three hours scare you. I mean, my wife personally never even got up. Never had an issue. We also didn't down a shitload of soda or water or anything beforehand. I did eat some popcorn, but we kind of split a Coke and like, like sipped on it. We weren't like doing anything. So, I mean, it's, it's, and it, and it doesn't always feel like a three hour movie. Like it's got to the last a little bit and I could, I could see, I thought where well, maybe it could feel like it, but there's no, there's no reason to have any trepidation about seeing this movie. It'll be worth every time you spend, even if you go see it more than once to catch all the Easter eggs and everything. So no, I guess I, the, my only complaint was that there was one part. It was about two thirds of the way through the movie that it seemed to get a little bit redundant. Someone else said that it was near the beginning, actually. Within the first hour, they felt like the movie dragged, but then after that, it took off and finally made its way. And, and I think those two points make make um, their valid arguments because after I, I reconsider, I'm like, yeah, I could see how that would drag. But again, you're talking about 21 different films culminating into this one for three hours. So eventually there's going to be a part where it does drag and and for me what i loved about infinity war was that i mean it grabbed you by the seat and it did not let go to me in this part there was some parts that they had to explain that it did kind of get a little draggy but that's forgivable to me that's forgivable it was like there was no other way that they could have done this and for it to have made sense than for them to have gone this way so um yeah, so that being said, I'm 
all on board with it. Um, you know, I have to see it a couple of more times before I consider it better than Infinity War, but it is definitely right on par for me. I think that's the general consistency. So right now what I'm going to say is, uh, if you have not seen it and you don't want to hear any more detailed discussion, because I've got opinions, and I'm sure Zol has some, even though he's trying to be reserved, turn off the podcast and come back at a later date. So from this point on out, spoilers. Spoiler alert! Um, I want to start off with something right off the bat at the start of the movie that okay. I kind of freaked out about. I literally, as and this is me saying this as a parent, I don't think I could have handled the movie starting and me actually see Hawkeye's entire family turn to dust visually see it. That hit me. Like it, it, it got it. Like I told Monica when it, when it started, I'm like, Oh no, they're going to do it. And I looked at my wife and I said, please don't show it. I said, please don't show it. And I love the fact that they did it in a way he turned and faced talking to his daughter and then turns away and then turns back and you could kind of see some of the, the particles going but they don't show it. And then he turns towards his family and they're gone. It was rough. It was hard as a father, but I'm so happy. They didn't actually fucking show it because I would have turned into a little baby right there in the movie theater from the first 10 seconds of the movie. You know, to be honest, whenever I saw the trailer, like I knew that's what was going to go on whenever he's sitting, because you know, he's going to become Ronan. So obviously every character, every person has that moment where they turn. And so I knew in my mind, like, okay, this has to be this, the decimation moment for him. And, but the fact that they put it to lead right off to basically catch you up, it's like, okay, yeah, everything's great in the world. And then snap, it's not great. Like, holy, no. Yeah, yeah I've been told by my lawyer, I got to watch what I say on this. I'm <laughs> using as being the court of law. So I'm going to censor myself. But, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the fact that that happened, I was like, Oh my! I did not expect that. I didn't expect it to happen that soon, that impactful, and within five minutes. Yeah, it was. It was a great way for me, I, in my opinion, for them to remind everybody what's happening in a way to not to just necessarily remind you because if you saw Infinity War, you know what's happening. But I think it was a good reminder of the gravity of what had happened because that situation losing everybody you love in one shot is just you like you think like okay everybody's gone how are they gonna win it's like no no they want to put you in the mindset of all the characters within the first two minutes of the film so that you can be in where they are at the start and i thought i i thought it was the i like you knew they were going to show it anyways like you were talking about from the trailer but to actually have that take place the way it did I thought they nailed it. Um, I just wanted to get that out of the way because like from the from the minute the fucking movie started, I thought I was going to be in tears. <laughs> um, so I did not expect, I mean, I kind of had a feeling that they were going to have more than one confrontation with Thanos in this movie. I wasn't expecting they were going to fucking straight up kill him within the first 10 minutes. Like that happened really fast. Were you expecting that? <laughs> No, no, I wasn't like, I really thought that we were going to see, I knew we were going to see time travel, but I figured it would be brought up to a modern day Thanos and modern day world. Not this. Oh yeah. By the way, I destroyed the stones and oh, Hey, we're going to decapitate him. Like I'm sitting here like, Oh my God. 
<laughs> what did I just say? Grimace is dead. <laughs> that legitimately shocked me. And it, it it just like still even now, I can't believe that I've seen a beheaded Thanos. Yeah. Just still, I can't believe I sat there and watched it. I uh and then this will go into a couple of the issues I have. Um first of all, before we got to Infinity War, you had told me that I needed to watch Ant-Man and Wasp was more important when we talked about at the beginning of this than watching Captain Marvel was. And I can't I, I've had to give three recommendations to people as to what movies to watch to get caught up, and not one of them did I tell them Captain Marvel, and every single one of them I told them Ant-Man and Wasp. And like I got a little frustrated because I felt like they very quickly single-handedly now granted he was damaged and hurt from him destroying the stones. He, he admits it. That's why he was the way he was, but the swiftness of the way they got him down, got his arm cut off and then had him pinned where he couldn't do a goddamn thing. I was like, ah man that just kind of makes me feel like you guys could have done a little bit more in infinity war if i'm being honest I do, like i know captain marvel played a little bit of a hand in that because she led off with the first blow to him and he really wasn't expecting it but i was like man that was just and then it makes me even more fucking mad at quill from infinity war for losing his shit when they had the goddamn glove off of him. see and that's why i think you're wrong because because that was my first thought was my my problem overall with Endgame was that I thought that the villain was too weak. I didn't think that there was a strong villain. That's why I love Infinity War. It was like the superheroes were outwitted every step of the way. But then I got thinking about that final battle, and it's like, okay, so you think back to Infinity War, and Thanos at least has one Infinity Stone, and then from within the first five minutes on, he has at least two and so he becomes, I mean, he's stronger than all of them individually and even collectively. And so they they were just completely outmatched. And even when he had all but, gosh, all but one, you know, in a single hand-to-hand and group combat, he outpowered him. And so he was a very strong, he was a supervillain. He was a true legitimate supervillain. But even without the Infinity Stones in that final battle, he still went toe-to-toe with the three mightiest superheroes that we know in Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man. And he still took all their best blows and was still, he was still inevitable. He is inevitable or inevitable. I am inevitable. Um, You know, thinking about that. So yeah, I, I get that. And you're absolutely right. Like I get how you could be ticked off about that, but again, he was weakened by the stones already. And so they were basically taken to weaken Thanos. True. Um, I just, yeah, it was like, I, yeah, the fact that it was like, boom, okay, we've got him killed. And, and I'll tell you, you know, I was listening to another review of somebody and they were like talking about how, um, when, when Thor took his head, the audience kind of laughed, like, haha, he went for the head, man. In my audience, it was fucking bone quiet. Cause everyone was like, holy shit. He just fucking decapitated him. Like what just happened? Oh my God. And um, like, I, I was, I just, I was left speechless. Um, the, uh, the, the, but almost, almost as shocking was the fact that the next thing you see on the screen is five years later. And I'm like, Whoa, okay. We're doing a hell of a time jump here. 
And it was like that also I was not expecting. I was thinking maybe they would move it in forward like a little bit. Um, like 23 days, I think, is what Stark said he was out in space for. But, man, five years. Did that throw you for a little bit? No, I, I knew. I mean, basically, kind of like with the whole Thor thing, like you, everyone's got PTSD. Your, your superheroes right. have failed. Half the universe is gone. Every, I mean, even even bad guys were kind of in disarray. Like, even if they wanted to go take over the world, like, what what were they supposed to go do? Um, you know, everyone was still trying to figure out life at at that point. And so, the five years, I think that's the perfect gap to see where it's. Gosh, you think about post traumatic stress, and for some that recovery process it takes of a new sense of normalcy especially something that traumatic on a global scale like it's i i would actually be thinking that it would be doing a disservice if they were to go any sooner than that i think five years is the perfect mark yeah um and i agreed with it like after i was like wow okay i just i wasn't expecting to all of a sudden be hey Thanos is dead. Let's move ahead five years. It was just it threw me for a little bit. Um, a couple things after they move forward. Two two things. First of all, so the they show the um, their cap is running a self help group. Did you know right away the the guy that was talking about going on his date? Did you realize that that was um, Joe Russo? Yeah, I've seen enough of the Russo brothers now in the um, in their marketing ploys that I was like. That's Russo. That's, I knew yeah. that was one of the Russo brothers. I, was, I wasn't sure which one, but I knew it was one of them. Yeah. When, when he popped on screen and started talking, I n- n- totally not intentional went. <laughs> and I realized it was really fucking quiet and I was the only one that did it. And like I saw a couple of people look at me. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I know that's the director. Leave me alone. <laughs> but um, also, and I found out since then, in that same conversation where he's talking and then he talks about... Um, he, the guy cried at one point, and then the guy says to him, when did you cry? The guy that asked that question is the creator of Thanos. I found yeah, that out yeah. in the last week. I thought that was super cool. Um, the other thing, and this is, so I've been wavering on this. Part of me finds it a little annoying, but part of me finds it the perfect comic book thing. The fact that the way Scott Lang escapes from the quantum dimension is because a damn mouse walks over a keyboard. And I'm like, it's the most, on one hand, it's super ridiculous. But on the other hand, it's the most comic book thing that could have happened in this movie was a mouse triggering something that just happened to set off everything in motion. Um, And as I like to, I just said in a conversation with somebody today, do you think that might be a metaphor for Mickey Mouse buying the MCU and saving it from total destruction? Oh, I don't that now that that's a reach. That's more of a reach than a mouse setting off the quantum realm to me. Yeah. <laughs> I get what you're getting at, but I think it's a, a perfect metaphor for life, though. I mean, talk we talk about how one little event can change someone's destiny or can change the events of the world. And to me, I think that's that's the perfect metaphor. You know, a mouth just so happens to run across the van because you know, especially with this with as sophisticated as what that quantum physics quantum realm was set up as the fact that it was a mouse. Cause I really thought it was going to be the ant on the drumsticks that was going to do it. I really thought that it, that's where it was going to be. But the fact that it was just, just so happened a coincidental mouse going across and unleashes them. I liked it. I, I dug it. I, I, I could buy in on that. 
So I, w- I would actually say in one of my bigger complaints, like legit things that I don't understand storytelling wise is the van is got to have been noted somewhere as a known piece of ownership of the PIMS or some kind of association with Scott Lang. And the fact that it just got shoved when found into a warehouse randomly would like with seeing the equipment that's attached i feel like when whoever was still around was still looking for people i I found it a little like i i would have made more sense for me if that truck had been like kept in a lab somewhere by some whoever is left running the government thing um government or whatever is left of shield the fact that it was just being guarded by the dude from hangover in a garage somewhere was a little like storytelling wise i was like "Eh, i don't i'm not really a fan of that but i will say new york decimated totally made sense to me trash piled up Mm -hmm. and i and i I heard an argument where someone goes so what everybody just stopped taking care of themselves and throwing like dealing with trash and shit half the fucking planet is gone like i know there's a shit ton of people in new york but if you remove half the people from new york it's kind of a wasteland like there are priorities that like not only it's not just some one person or a thousand people dealing with loss everybody's fucking dealing with loss baseball isn't important there's an empty city field you know this shit isn't important and it's really kind of sobering even like to see all the ships piled up around the statue of liberty because nobody was fucking on them and they just that's where they wound up you know it it was very heavy almost not, not quite as heavy as the hawkeye situation at the start but it was heavy um the one of the things that i mentioned at the start that got me was the as a parent with this movie getting to see tony stark almost shed and finally grow a little bit more after everything he's been through and to just have a family and see him as a father was really nice for me I don't know why, but I felt like it was the great way to finally move him past everything I personally always hated about the character of Iron Man as a whole. Yeah, um, and and it does make sense. It it does make sense into the way that everything comes full circle. You know, he finally had everything he wanted, and he didn't need the suit. No suit. And I don't know if you caught it, and I only caught it because I just watched Infinity War a week ago. The They named their daughter. What he said he had had the dream, he named their kid in Infinity War at the beginning when he's walking and running with Pepper. Yep. Did you? Yep. Yeah. I, I caught that, and I was like, hey. And it was, one again, another situation where I'm in a quiet movie theater, and I point, and I'm like, ah. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm one of these people that reacts that way. My wife thought it was hilarious just looking at me, but you know, um, but no, so I'm totally lost place because I accidentally just scrolled up on the screen I was on. So, so then they, the, the, um, the back to the future, they go all back to the future ish. Um, you knew time travel was involved. I mean, it had to be because of the time zone, it had to be and everything from Ant-Man and the Wasp because holy shit, that movie was super important to anything and everything they were fucking doing with Endgame. Um, what did you think of the time travel mechanics and everything they did? Oh, man, it was... They, they set their rules for time travel. I like it. Because if you're like, okay, well, we're going to go based off of Back to the Future or whatever other movies set the rules for time travel, then you kind of get into 
its own conundrum. So I like the fact that they they set their own rules to it. And then even there in the New York battle scene with um, the, the the time stone and all that, you know, they, they set their own rules to it so that it made sense to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which now opens up a whole different can of worms. But I like it. I, it makes sense to me. Um, and again, time travel in and of itself is difficult enough. So there comes a point as a member of the audience where you have to shut your mind off, let go of some some expectations, realism, and just go along with the ride. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, when they were, I did like when so when they were trying to get everything together to figure out how to do the time travel thing. I liked seeing Professor Hulk. I've seen and heard of Professor Hulk before via comic books, but I've no like I didn't actually think they were going to stick it in the movie. Um, the whole scene where they're where they're doing the jokes with the he's taking selfies with the kids that walk up to him and seeing him be Bruce Banner but as Hulk was at first threw me because I just wasn't expecting it. But I think it did a lot to tell the story of the battle that Bruce has been going through for the last movie and a half, basically. Um, Because really it started in Thor Ragnarok, this this battle he's having with himself and who he wants to be in between the two. So the fact that it it was that he now had found this nice mesh between the two, um, I I really enjoyed that. I want to talk a little bit because I've seen so much shit about Fat Thor. Did did what was your take on Fat Thor? It made a god human. It did. Um, that, that that's really all you need to know because and this is what I think a lot of people struggle I, I think this is maybe why people don't subscribe to it because they don't fully understand the effects of post-traumatic stress exactly going through through something so traumatic in your life that it shapes the way that you react to something i mean think about this how many times in in our lives have we thought if i just did this one thing slightly different how could things be different I think we can all relate to that at some level, some magnitude, you know, oh my gosh, what if I would have not gone over the curb at five miles per hour and instead watched where I was going and not spilled pop everywhere? Or, you know, in in Thor's case, what if I would have aimed for the head and took him out there? That survivor's guilt control is very humane. And for him, and it's not surprising if you followed the Thor mythology, the story that they told in the cinematics, that's how he dealt with it. That's how he dealt with his shortcomings. That's how he dealt with his problems. And um, I had no problem with it. In fact, I think it's going to be the most popular Halloween costume for dads because you got the dad bod, you got Chris Hemsworth, you got Thor. Like, hello, ladies, like Val Venus, let's go. I now know what I'm cosplaying as a comic book convention next year. I never even thought of that. Um, <laughs> I, uh, um, I, I got it. I like, I got the, this whole, the whole first part of this movie is everybody dealing with their own PTSD. It really is. Uh, you've got Thor who just 
blames himself for everything anyways um because it's like the first time in his life he's truly failed and he goes off the deep end uh you know even valkyrie is like you know he only comes out for beer i mean rocket has to bribe him with beer to get him on the the goddamn airplane but um that whole scene was like well it was funny and it served a great moment it was like you could totally tell this is a guy who's at his lowest point in life and it's not because he's now overweight and playing video games it's because you like you can really see what happened you've got him dealing with it that way stark who just took the best route of everybody who really just said fuck it i'm gonna go take care of my family and go out and live out in the woods uh, he handled it almost better than anybody else um widow went to shit because she was depressed as hell and you know then you have to add in that um hawkeye goes ape shit and goes turns into ronin which i gotta say i was cool kind of seeing ronin not in comics but in that form but at the same time i swear to god and i said this to my wife i felt like the whole sequence of of hawkeye being ronin and going on his massacre they showed was lifted straight off of the first three seasons of arrow like that is straight over queen from the first three seasons of arrow on cw just no regard for who he was killing really dark really just like oh hey you're a bad guy you're in my way you deserve to die it was so it was kind of like one of those weird like whoa i didn't think i would see something that like dramatic in that way um but you got him deal with that hulk's dealing with it in his own way obviously um and then everybody else is kind of spread out so like, everybody is kind of like struggling with the fact that they failed and thor basically saying look i've taken my entire world my entire uh who's left of my planet i've started a home for them um and basically went valkyrie you got this and i'm gonna just go fucking sit over here and drink and play video games um i i didn't see anything wrong with it i don't think it was fat shaming i don't think it was talking shit on gamers which i've read both theories and both people complaining about in the last couple days i i think it's a man dealing with failure in his life and in the absolute possible one of the worst ways he could so i i i didn't i'm not saying i loved it um the only real issue i had with it was i felt that i would have liked to have seen him later in the movie once he's talked to his mother and she's kind of calmed him down and gotten his shit together i would have liked to have seen like 10 or 15 minutes of hulk going i have some shit i need to take care of and going and doing some fucking power laps around the entire universe for 10 to 15 minutes to kind of shed some of the weight shave his goddamn face off a little bit or something just to show a little more physical redemption but i mean seeing fat thor even fight thanos at the end of the movie at times had its funny moments especially with the the straggly beard and everything he had going on um no i agree and i think you know what what you said there is absolutely correct um i i had no problem with that i mean even as someone who's battled weight myself and i'll be perfectly honest i've I've, you know, and then the stuff that I've gone through in the past year, um, you know, as a battling alcoholic and as someone who has struggled with shame and guilt, I actually related more to Thor in this movie in that 10 minutes than I think I ever had in the last 10 years. And it's like, okay, you know, I, to me, it made a character, it made a God character human. And that's why I'm like, I'm okay with this. I didn't see anything wrong with it. I mean, how many times have we seen, too, in our lives and even in celebrity 
someone who was this fit godlike figure where they let themselves go. I mean, and I don't mean this in a, in a belittling way, but look at Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer was someone who he had the rip bod. I mean, was a playboy. And you look at him now and you see him on people magazine and, and they're like, guess who put on weight? Like shut, shut the hell up people magazine. Yeah. Like let the guy live. So yeah. um, I, I had no problem at all with it. Um, real quick. I want to go through the, them recovering the stones. Uh, first of all i loved nebula had more fleshed out story in this um i i love the actress because probably because i'm just a big doctor who fan but um i love that she played more of a vital role in this than she had any of the other ones her and her and roadie get the i don't even remember the name of the stones at this point um her and roadie go after um the stone that quill gets at the beginning of guardians um her uh the widow and Hawkeye go after the soul stone. Um, I was surprised with the way they handled the soul stone just because they have a Hawkeye movie or show plan for Disney plus, and they have already greenlit a widow movie. So I think that plays into the theory that her and Gamora are actually still exist inside the stone. Do you think, how do you feel about that? They're dead. They're you both dead. They're, you think they're both dead? Even though they green. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the, the Black Widow movie we're going to see is going to be a prequel. I think we'll finally figure out what the hell the Budapest inside joke is between her and Hawkeye. I think, you know, we'll we'll finally have that clued in a bit. Um, And then the Gamora or yeah, Gamora thing is they ripped her out of a different alternate timeline. So it's I, and that's where it's like, OK, so you're going to say on one hand, you're you're undoing the snap because of Black Widow, but the snap doesn't happen unless Gamora dies. So I guess, you know, it's one of the two have to be permanent. And and Black Widow's story, I mean, her her that's the only way that her story could end. I mean, unless she dies because of a tragic, you know, killed in action by friendly fire or taking a bullet for someone. But again, you're coming back down to it. What better way? for her story to end than to get the only family back that she know by sacrificing herself. So I, I think they're both dead black widow for sure. Certainly. Absolutely. The Gamora that we knew that had a romantic flame with Quill is gone. We have this Gamora now that is teetering between good and evil that that's now running rampant. Uh, I was trying to remember what was the line when the, the, I guess, old Gamora meets Quill after everybody's back and she looks at Nebula and like this guy. And she was like, it was either him or I didn't actually hear the line, but it was like, it was either him or the tree. Oh, that's right. It was either him or the tree. I I couldn't quite tell what he said, but I was like, yeah, no, Quill's an idiot. I get it. (laughs) Um, The, um, the I loved the whole sequence with during the um so part of an issue well not really an issue something I thought I think they could have done a little bit differently that I would have liked was the scene with when um Bruce goes to talk to what's her name wow just lifted my head Tilda Swanton Swanson's character from Doctor Strange the wise one not the wise one you know who I'm talking about, right? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Bruce Banner uh, uh, had talked to her. Yeah. So when she does the whole move she does on Strange, where she shoves him out of the Hulk, I I think it would have been nice to have that been a moment for her to also help him revise some of his issues that he's got going on with himself and like kind of remove him from the situation and not only help him with the time zone and time zone time stone and give it to her, but um, also kind of like worked through his little issues. He's got going out to where he could have controlled it a little bit more and actually gone from Bruce, the Hulk throughout the rest of the movie. Um, I think that, I think that would have been a good moment for that just because of the whole spiritual aspect of it. Um, but I thought that scene was really cool. I love the effect. I liked it in Dr. Strange. She just kind of back up and just the, see the separation and Hulk fall to the ground. I thought it was really slick looking. I had no problem with that. I thought, I thought that scene was wonderfully done because it was at a point where they had made harmony. Um, and and I thought maybe it might run rampant like a permanent separation where finally he had this harmony within the 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 strength and the brains and now after having it combined was going to be ripped. But I I actually like that scene. I think it may have been definitely up there in one of my favorite parts of the movie. I I also loved when they first arrived in New York in 2014 and. They kind of look at him after Hulk smashes some things and runs away, and they kind of look at him like, gonna get in character. And he's like, Oh my god, this is so degrading. And he just pulls his shirt off and walks over and punches a car and kicks something and picks up a moped and kind of just chucks it a little like rawr. Like, yeah, I love that. I love that doing? part. <laughs> um uh, the interaction I thought was really cool with the, when the, um, when Ant-Man had to basically give Tony a heart attack or something by yanking the wire out. Um, and, but in terms of getting the stones, I really liked, cause that was basically felt like back to the future too. As much as they said that they weren't going to rely on back to the future, that whole thing of everybody trying to avoid themselves was really a callback to back to the future. And, um, I, I thought they handled the whole getting the stones thing great in terms of going through time and back and forth. Yeah, again, I mean, they set their own rules to it. They made fun of all the different time travel movies out there because as audience members, they you know, it was kind of breaking down that fourth wall of, okay, you we know you've seen time travel before, so we're going to break down those rules and we're going to establish our own but also pay homage to some of them. Time travel is a tricky subject and it's a, it's a tricky storyline. I think they, they pulled it off beautifully. And again, as I said at the beginning, there was no other way that, that this movie could have gone. I mean, it works in hot tub time machine. <laughs> the, the fact was that roadie that said that or was that? No, I think it was roadie. I think it was. Yeah, because he's just going on and listing movies. Die Hard? No, not Die Hard. Uh, the um, so yeah, I mean they get the stones back and they they do the business, they do the thing. At first, I was trying to figure out why the hell they closed up shop when he when Hulk took the thing and snapped his fingers. Like, what what do you think the thought process was behind that? Sorry, what was that? When, when, um, so right before Hulk snaps, when once they get the glove recreated, um, yeah, 
and but they like they they shut the blast doors on the place is that i guess that was more probably to save everybody around in case he snapped his fingers and they all exploded do you think that was what that was as opposed to keeping something from the inside or getting to them i just thought it was a weird little let's lock up the whole building before we do this thing yeah i I, again that that to me that's the part i have to go back and rewatch because that did seem a bit odd but it also makes sense but that that for me is part that i have to go back and rewatch okay yeah see i thought that i just was a little like i was like why are we why are we doing this because because it sure as hell didn't stop thanos from blowing a fucking hole in the building (laughs) so i don't know what it was gonna solve just by them snapping the thing um and also so that led into the big the big fight and i loved i loved there, there i have two issues with the final battle um and both of them revolve around captain marvel but i i one of my favorite parts of the the battle with the end was the whole deal with spider-man when he's trying to protect the gauntlet and you go back to homecoming where he's trying to figure out the suit and it goes activating instant kill and he's like no 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 no, don't do this but he's like getting overwhelmed and he's like i don't know what to do i don't know what to do suit activate instant kill and it just goes and i thought that was like one of the great call there's many callbacks to old movies but i thought that was one of my favorite parts of the whole thing what was one of your favorite parts of the whole final battle gosh uh i think it, it has to be the moment where captain america yielded Muir, um just called back to it and you know then not only that but he actually was able to do the um I can't forget. I can't remember what it's called right now, but the hammer on the shield move did it himself. I mean, that, that whole thing. Like, I think I was the only one to applaud in the movie theater out of that moment because I was so psyched for that. Yeah. I was hoping they were going to do it. And I, I think I even made a comment to my wife. I'm like, I hope cat picks up the, the hammer in this movie and, or, or, or the ax, whichever they were going to use. I was just like, I was like, I hope they do it. And that moment when the, you see the thing lifting up, I'm like, please be Cap. Please be Cap. And sure enough, it was Cap. And then I like the little exchange a little bit later when they crossed and Cap ended up with the axe and he ended up with the, with the, with the uh, hammer. And he goes, no, 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 you take the small one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like, I'll take this. Um, the whole, but I really liked the whole fight scene. My, Here's my, I think the thing that really kills a lot of the movie for me personally is, is, and it keeps river. I like Captain Marvel as a character, but I felt she didn't even need to be in the movie half the time. I don't know why I just like, they didn't really do much with her, but she shows up and on her own torpedoes this goddamn ship and it just gone. But then there's a fight sequence between her and Thanos, and he kind of just smacks her out of the way. And I'm oh, like, no, no, no. See, you know, we were talking about that at work. He, if it's not for the, without the Infinity Stone, she probably overpowers him. But again, he has at that point the Power Stone on his glove that allows him to overpower her. Does he have that during that fight? Did I yes, maybe because he grabs the glove and it's before Tony can steal him that he has all of them again and. He, if you notice, he he shoots the power or the power stone at her to blast her away. So without okay. that, again, I think that's where for me it's like after thinking on it, yes, he's a strong baddie, 
but without the Infinity Stones, he's not nearly as big of a bad guy as what he is in, in Infinity War. Okay, so I'll let that one go then, because I guess I, again, again, why second viewing self? I missed that part. Now, the one part that I won't let go, and it's and it's kind of, it's a double, it's a two-headed monster for me. I loved and hated the female team-up moment, because at this moment, Thanos does not have the, the, the gauntlet, um, because it's Captain Marvel that has it. If you put any other character in the position Captain Marvel is sitting in where she has it and she has to get it across to the van and every single female in the MCU pulls up and says, we'll help. I would have loved the moment. But the fact that it was Captain Marvel, who, in my opinion, they've given the Superman complex of being too powerful is the one that's there. I was like, it kind of felt why does it matter because they all went out and they all did their thing. And then in the end, she just bum rushed all the way over to the, the van anyways. Like, I think she could have done that with or without them. I think it would have worked better had it been, I don't know, um, any like Valkyrie or any other female character that had the glove in their possession at that time. And they'd done the female team up. I thought it was a cool thing. Because while maybe DC did get out the first female movie, they have actively had more females than I think Marvel actually gets credit for in their movies. They've had strong female characters that just because they haven't frontlined a movie by themselves until Captain Marvel doesn't mean they didn't exist. And they, they've had them at their disposal. And to get to see them get that moment in possibly the biggest scene or one of the biggest moments in the biggest film of a 22 fucking films arc. I thought it was awesome. I just wish it wouldn't have been captain Marvel. That was the one they were assisting. Does that make now, sense? I, I agree because I think there's much more other deserving female characters that could have handled that. But again, let's be realistic here. If you have this super all natural being, in Captain Marvel makes sense for her to, to, to take the thing and do exactly what she did. I think if you're coming at it as a realistic standpoint to say, you know, and, and truly it's like, okay, okay. You're going to go, um, uh, gosh, what's his name? Uh, Seahawks head coach, Pete Carroll, um, Carol, we're going to call him head coach Carol here. Yeah. Um, where, okay. You're at the one yard line. You have the best running back. All you have to do is run the damn thing into the ball, run the ball into the end zone. But instead you get cute and you try to pass it, it gets intercepted and it goes to, to me. That's, that's the point here is you have the power. You have this all powerful being. It makes sense. Now I completely agree with what you're saying. I think Scarlet, Witch. I think uh, one of uh, black uh, black Panthers gals could have done it. I think Valkyrie could have done it would have made much more sense in a storytelling, you know, they built up all this equity and done it. But in terms of a fight, whenever you know that you have the universe on your hands, you're going to by default go with the most powerful being in front of you. So I get the point that you're saying, but from a story point, you know, you got to take the fan boy, fan gal out of it and say, okay, look in a fight, you're going to put your best chips forward. And, and for them, it was, um, it was captain Marvel. And now, to be fair, I'll say this too. I think Infinity War had the best 
had the better female fight scene between Black Widow. Um, forgive me, I can't remember the character from uh, Black Panther. Um, but her and Scarlet Witch, those three team ups were better than that whole female led cast. I thought that that was a better fight scene for a female power led team than what we saw in Endgame. I would I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I will say I loved Scarlet Witch showing up and going up to Thanos and just straight kicking his fucking ass. And him needing to basically um what's the old movie that they do um where he's like he's like just unleash the gates of hell basically and they're like but what about our own troops? we'll kill their troops too that's what's more important um but the fact she comes up and she's like do you know do i know you is like you will and like she just whipped him like and had he not called in for them to fire all guns at the at the at the battlefield i think scarlet witch would have handed him the loss right there i was i I really loved the fact that she got to get hers in especially considering what she went through with vision from the end of the, the infinity war um real quick try and finish up the movie and talk about this real quick so um so obviously they get it stark does it he looks at he looks at he looks at um strange and strange is like this is your moment bro i hate to tell you this but you're the one and um he he does it he gets the glove he snaps his fingers i'll be honest i knew i i didn't know but i felt like he was going to be the one that had to die from everything they've done and the whole everything I wasn't surprised that it was Stark. I kind of expected it and felt like it needed to be. So like my wife was in tears through like large chunks of the movies. And when he, when he went, she was pretty tore up. I wasn't, but it didn't like, like it didn't not affect me because that little, the little interaction with him and Pepper was gut wrenching. Cause like, she was just like, it's okay. You can rest now. And it was like that part bothered. That part was harder for me than the fact that he was dying. But so were you, were you for against him being the one that that took the bullet in the end? It makes sense. It does because think about it. The whole, I mean, the whole Avengers initiative started with him. The whole MCU started with him. Um, he was the one that suffered the the first PTSD with Thanos to begin with because he actually saw the universe and galaxy and the total threat out there. Um, I mean, everything everything in this 22 movie arc led to that moment. It led to him. It led he I mean, Thanos was the reason why he wasn't sleeping. It was the reason why he was created all those suits. It was the reason why they created Ultron. It makes sense. There was, again, there was no, there was no other better character to finish it than Tony Stark, Iron Man. I agree wholeheartedly. And I was, and there were people in my audience openly crying loudly. And I was like, Nope, I get it. Um, I, uh, I also, cause I also hope that that lead segues into, and I hope maybe they, they start utilizing something 
there's several other people that can be Iron Man that I'm looking forward to them potentially doing. Um, my biggest, and I think I've talked about this, is Rory from the comics run recently, the little girl who wins a, an internship or something that that basically gives her the ability to she does research or some i don't remember the entire run it's been a while but she more or less 17 year old little girl or 16 year old little girl becomes spider-man or um, iron man and i think it'd be kind of cool if they did something with that through a foundation or something and um i think they could easily set that up through the next spider-man movie but i or they might even let it last a little bit longer i don't know but um i i it had to be him and then I was a little more brokenhearted that they were going to retire Cap. Um, that one, and that's again, this goes back to me liking Cap more than Iron Man. But I was, I was a little broken up on the whole Cap's handing over the shield to who I kind of also wish it was Bucky and not Sam. But eh. I'll take it. Falcon was, was also cap at one point, but I don't know. I guess I just really wanted winter soldiers, captain America. Yeah. I think I, I liked it because I mean, after all here, so let's go into the movies. Now you have Bucky who's done all this. He's tainted. He's done all this bad things. He's done. I mean, even if it's like, Oh, I'm brainwashed. Like, okay. Yeah. But uh, whereas you have Sam who's, served honorably for his country he is the mantle of cap uh, of america he's you know he's sure he kind of went against the government but who hasn't at this point in their life um that being said he makes the perfect sense for it like he's got the probably the cleanest record to be a true icon that is captain america yeah um so i guess my big question is so since this isn't technically supposed to wrap up phase three and spider-man is what so spider-man is basically gonna be an entire movie of also people dealing with post decimation world five years ahead with people who are back in who may be older or younger somehow somehow the entire spider-man family were all snapped out of existence so They'll all be still the same age and in class, but you know, some things, some things with movies you gotta let go. Um, they, uh, how do you think this is gonna play into uh, Spider-Man and how they're gonna use it to set up the rest of the MCU for the next ten years? I, I really see this as, I mean, we're gonna say it's the end of Phase Three, but I really think that this is a bridge. I, I to me, Endgame is the end of Phase Three. Um, far from home is going to be that bridge that connects the two to where it's not really phase three, but it's not phase four either. Um, we're going to see the way that the world reacts to post decimation. I thought it, a couple of things stood out odd to me at the end. The first being is that, Oh, Hey, by the way, we all were snapped out of existence, but yay, we're back in school together. Let's all go hug. Like if it was me, Agreed. like I'm running next door to go hug my friend, not wait to go see him in third hour, you know, three weeks later, right. whenever school all of a sudden decides to be back in session. So, that to me was number one. Number two, the thing that also bothered me was Clint Barnes. Like, oh, hey, yeah, you went and killed all these people, but um, we're going to let you off the hook because that was Ronan and that wasn't Clint Barnes. So, but getting right down to it, I think with with uh, Far From Home, 
we'll we'll see. I think it's going to be more of a tone that sets up phase four more than anything as to how the world is now reacting, perhaps living their lives. I think we're going to see a lot of callbacks to, well, how do I know that you're just not going to be snapped out of here? Or how do I know, you know, snap back in the back and it, you know, triggers people. I think we're going to see more of that. I think, um, you, you know, these threats will be taken more seriously now. And we're seeing that with Mysterio. And I think that's the thing with Mysterio is you're going to see this, this actor who maybe was at the top of his game before the decimation. And now he's trying to find his footing back. And now he has an opportunity to play hero with these elemental monsters that he's created, or he has effects over. Um, I, I think we're really going to see a PTSD post decimation world play into factor here that we're going to see more of the effects that's going to establish what the what the rules are for a world post avengers post iron man post thanos um i i think it's going to be a segue to mutants and i think mysterio is going to be one of the ways they segue it because for me I feel like it's kind of like, again, it's the world dealing with what happened. And you got to wonder if maybe like this will be the whole, you know, mutants have always existed. And now that this has happened, they feel like they can't stay hidden anymore because so much bad shit happened that they feel they could have helped intervene with, but chose not to because of the world they were living in. And maybe this is where a professor, a new professor X or somebody comes out and says, you know, in Mysterio maybe pushes that along a little further comes out and Mysterio comes out maybe in far from home and does a couple things and it, it creates some other mutants or whoever, however they handle it. I don't know how they're going to handle his origin story, come out and say, you know, we do exist. There are more people like him. Um, and maybe it's time we got involved, which then they could actually lead into a full civil war too. That is more like the original civil war. Somewhere down the line, but um, I, 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 it's what I think it is. Somebody I read a, a comment. Somebody said it's not so much going to be the end of Phase Three as it's the epilogue of Phase Three. I'd believe that. So I think that'd be a cool way for them to set up the rest of them, is to even hint at in the mutant aspect and everything else they have planned. So even if they don't start making movies or anything by the end of Spider-Man Two, everybody's aware. Um, especially since one of my most wanted movies of all time is a team up with um, Spider-Man and Wolverine. I like any way to segue those two together into a movie together or even Spider-Man and Deadpool. Um, I think that would be a cool little way to do it. I so. think with as much X-Men as we've seen in the last 18 years, I think we're probably a good five years away from even having the mention of mutants and X-Men because with Dark Phoenix coming out this this summer, they really have to let all of that become the past and such a build up, rebuild that anticipation to, of, okay, now we're ready. Bring it to me. It's kind of like what they did with Batman. You think about it. The last Batman movie came out in 97, 98, 96, maybe somewhere right around there. Yeah. And it wasn't until 2003, 2004 that we resaw Batman again. Now, different world, different technology. I think I'll, I'll give it five years before we before we even before we see the film 
I'll give it three years before we're teased with any sort of an X-Men uh, being included into the MCU phase. So I'll go down on record three years before a tease, five years before a movie. Okay. Do you think, how long do you think they'll wait or do they wait to move along a potential new Iron Man? Hmm. This one's tough because there's there's so many different ways that they could bring it in because I've seen with rumors of being brought back as like a Jarvis, but mm, I've also seen where the kid from Iron Man three could also be take up the mantle of of Iron Man. Uh, but I wouldn't. I think it'd be kind of awesome to see kind of like what they did in the Dark Knight, where you see these people, perhaps MIT students, who he granted full rights scholarships to fighting for the mantle of iron man with roadie coming in and being like no 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 like i'll show you how it's done um mm, mm. and especially because we've seen iron man more as a hulk figure kind of a sidekick secondary i i want to say that maybe we three years i'll say three years i'm gonna go with three i am i am looking forward to um as guardians of the galaxy i i'm really looking forward to seeing Same. the next absolutely I, I and you gotta wonder like surely i would imagine that james gunn obviously already knew the outcome of a in game because he had to be writing guardians 3 knowing it was going to release after end game so i if, if i hope to god it, it's just I think Thor could take Guardians like where as much as I dislike not I'm say dislike as much as I was uninterested in Guardians 2 I think Thor would make me as actual interested in it if they can pull it off and do it right and um as, as long as I mean guns back so they don't have to worry about whether the quality is the same as the first two but I really hope I I'm really looking forward to uh more Thor and Rocket and more Thor and Quill fighting for leadership. Um, I can but see. But also, think too, real quick. Um, the the blessing in disguise with the whole James Gunn drama is now shooting isn't going to begin until 2020, whereas they were probably going to start later this year on it. Now having a chance as he's shooting the the Suicide Squad movie, a chance to get fans reaction to the big thou thor boski or the big you know whatever you want to call him um a chance to see what the what the you know what the reaction is and maybe even just a quick little cameo for chris hemsworth to pop in or how much they do want to incorporate thor that that is interesting but they'll have the benefit now of 2020 vision whereas opposed to like okay well we're shooting this film now um and oh my god people love dad bob thor well, what are we going to do so now they can adjust maybe a scene or three and and perhaps include him more to where he is uh has a little bit more of a comedic role whereas maybe he's not even a a, a figure at all so it'll be interesting to see what uh what the big thor boski does in guardians 3 yes i am looking forward to that i'm also looking forward to see what they do with uh valkyrie now being the head of um, Asgard, the king of Asgard. So I um, I always w also wanted them at some point to move to the female Thor storyline. And I wonder if maybe 
you know, it'd be interesting to also see how they play with Molnir and Stormbreaker now that he has both of them, since Cap obviously isn't going to be using it. Um, maybe, and you know, maybe that's a maybe that's part of a thing is maybe when Valkyrie became king, maybe she inherited Molnir. That would be a cool little storyline to how they can do a Valkyrie solo movie where I don't know if you would call it a Thor movie, but or just Valkyrie, but um, I think that'd be a cool. I'm really interested to see what they do with the whole Asgardians thing. Or Asgardians. So basically, it would just be Thor all over again, but with the female role. Well, so you're basically talking about Ghostbusters 2016. <laughs> <sighs> Man, just so call. I, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. <laughs> um. Yeah. God, that movie was doomed from the start. So <laughs> sorry. Um. Yeah, um, no, I think I think they have a lot of potential stuff they can. Oh, absolutely. Do. So I'm just I'm in with a whole year between now and the next, and it's I think I don't even think they have a, I mean they have Far From Home, but I know they have a movie planned to release next summer, but I don't even think they have a name. It's one of those placeholders. Marvel movie releases June or July or something. So. Uh, be really interesting to see how they play it out because i imagine whatever it is they're going to announce it at comic-con so which we have two months till so looking forward to that all right sir well that was our in-game recap and opinions ran a little long but i mean so did that movie um not that i felt it it didn't really feel it did it feel three hours to you i mean i know you said it dragged for a little bit but it never really hit me see for me i felt like infinity war was about 90 minutes to me, this movie felt a little bit, a little over two hours, and yeah. but, but it was still enjoyable. I mean, it's enough to where I want to go back and go rewatch it. Yeah, agreed. All right, sir. A um, couple weeks away from doing our first reviews. People, let us know. Uh, Email at the rs or the rsh project at gmail.com. Twitter at the rsh project. Uh, Facebook the PNC at the PNC pod and on Instagram PNC pod, which I don't use Instagram much, and I need to start using that a little bit more. Um, you have the logins to all of these things. All so feel free to take up a social media presence on everything if you need to, because you're doing a hell of a job on the Facebook page. Because I keep forgetting. Um, <laughs> well, I really uh, appreciated. Um, uh, I want to go back here because we we actually had quite a few people respond. Aaron responded on the Sonic. Um, Bryce along with micah they all responded on the uh end game video so big shout out to them uh madison madison jumped in on there got got her reaction in as well uh sounding off so i mean yeah we'll, i'll post on there um whenever we see news come up if you can't wait till the podcast go give us a like on there and i'll you know we want to hear back from you give your give us your reaction and and uh who knows maybe we'll we'll talk about you here on the podcast yes uh review us we're on every so every single I'll say every single because I don't know every single podcast thing. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're, um, wow, my brain just shut off. I'm tired. It's nine o'clock. I don't know. There's another one we're on. They're all in our links in our show notes on all the podcasts. So check this out. Uh, also, pizzaandcookies.com where you can get the RSS feed and just plug it into your podcast finder. Sir, it was good talking to you. We'll, um, probably do one more normal episode before we start reviews so come up with ideas we'll try and get some people involved let us know what movies you want us to review and we'll go all right sounds good all right sir have a good night hey you too <laughs>